This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, as the children headed back to school after March break, uh, Toronto police launched a new traffic campaign called Slow Down Toronto. Uh, Now, this is something they initiated in school zones. Uh, Very important. We've had a couple of tragic accidents in school zones. However, they've also identified speed speed corridors, excuse me, where there have been a large number of traffic fatalities, especially Scarborough. Uh, They've also been talking about the latest part of the so-called Vision Zero plan, which is to reduce the number of traffic fatalities to zero. Uh, Right now, let's go to Constable Clint Stibbe with Traffic Services to tell us a little more about this. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Uh, so what exactly are you launching and, and what are you going to try to do about these speed corridors? So what we are doing is uh, this campaign isn't just geared at uh, school safety zones. They're actually geared at uh, areas where we've identified uh, fatalities have occurred and uh, where speed is a contributing factor. But even when we look at collisions, it isn't just speed. It's distraction, aggressive driving. So that could be somebody using a cell phone, talking to somebody inside a car, or somebody that's just quite honestly, running late for work and is driving uh, too fast, not paying enough attention to what's going on, and unfortunately, taking lives. So we need to keep in mind that uh, challenge is uh, pretty big because we look at uh, last year's collision numbers. I think we had uh, approximately 74,000 collisions last year. And of that, uh, we had a significant number of fatalities. Although those fatality numbers have gone down over the years, the reality is they're not at zero. They need to be at zero because somewhere, somewhere along the line, Someone knows someone that's been struck and or killed by a motor vehicle, and that is just unacceptable. You know, the overwhelming number of uh, pedestrians killed are older people, and that's because they're more likely to die of their injuries. And and it seems to me that a big part of the problem, uh, especially in the suburbs, is that you sometimes the, the distance between lights is huge, and people don't walk to the next light, they try to cross in the middle of the road. That is that right? Well, that is unfortunately uh, a problem that we've been having in a number of our collision uh, investigations, where we've seen uh, the crossing may have been a significant distance. But that being said, there's also been situations where the crossing has only been a few meters away. So I, I think that really runs the gamut of uh, different types of collisions that we see, and also different distances. But at the same time. It shows a lack of caution, and I'm not saying on the pedestrian's part. I'm saying more on the driver's part. The reality is if you're paying attention, you see somebody that may be trying to step on the road, most of the time you can do something to avoid a collision. I would think that most of the time an individual is doing whatever they can to avoid a collision. But what we have seen far too many times is, uh, and we'll use rear-end collisions, for example, they're probably the number one collision that we see on the expressways. How is it that you're running to the back of that car? You're not paying attention. You're following too close or you're driving too fast. Any one of those is uh, one of the leading causes for you to be involved in that type of collision. But what we need to recognize that if you gave yourself that extra room, if you weren't tailgating, 
chances are that collision would never have happened. But when we look at uh, pedestrian-struck fatalities, uh, a lot of times uh, an injury that may seem insignificant uh, for, say, a senior in the end becomes more complex and in some cases complicating in their uh, because of their healing condition. And as a result, it leads to a complication that unfortunately in some cases leads to their death. So uh, we do see that uh, a lot as a kind of a joint uh, issue between the collision occurring and uh, physical well-being of the individual that is compromised because the older you are, the harder it is for you to heal from an injury. I mean, when we were all kids, we fell, we scratched our knee, we jumped up and we'd start running down the road. Uh, even if we'd injured ourselves. But the older we get, the longer it takes us to get up, to get moving, to, you know, to, to, get, to shake that injury off. And the reality is, in some cases, those injuries, although not appearing to be significant, actually are, unfortunately, in some cases, leading to an individual uh, passing away as a result. Well, um, you know, with the following too closely, it's it's not even something that an individual driver can necessarily fix on their own, because I know I try to leave a, a, a good uh, amount of space, but when I do, half the time somebody just gets in in front of me. You know what, that is something we recognize, but keep in mind that uh, you as a driver are still responsible. So let's say that person makes a lane change in front of you and then uh, traffic comes to a sudden halt. You end up striking the rear of that motor vehicle. Well, the reality is you're still too close. I mean, if a lane change is made and it doesn't affect the individual, and, and what I mean by that is when the lane change is made, that, doesn't, that person doesn't have to apply the brakes to slow down or something to that effect because the movement doesn't actually affect them. Because there could be 20, 30 meter gap between uh, yourself and that vehicle in front of you, depending on how fast you're going. The faster you go, you would hope those distances are much, much greater. But if the movement of that individual doesn't affect the driver to the point that they have to actually react to the actual movement, there's nothing wrong or nothing uh, in law that says that person actually committed an offense. But it's safe driving practices by leaving these extra spaces uh, and extra time that gives you the ability to react to the situation that you're presented with. So what are you actually doing in this campaign, Slow Down Toronto? Exactly that, slow down. Because the reality is we see uh, speeding tickets as the number one ticket that we issue as a service and uh, really the number one reason that we're seeing fatalities on our roads. Quite often, especially when we look at Scarborough, a lot larger roadways, a lot higher speed limits than downtown. Downtown, a lot of limits have been changed down to the 30 kilometer per hour uh, speed limit. But out in the the suburbs, if you will, or let's say the outer portions of uh, of Toronto, you've got a different type of environment, much wider roads. Speeds are higher, 60, where, where in some cases individuals are doing 80 or 90 kilometers per hour or even higher on these roads because they're so big, because they're so wide. They give the, the impression that they're uh, able to be driven on faster. But the reality is the rules are the rules. You have to slow down. You have to be at or below the posted speed limit. And those speed limits are for good, clear, dry days. If we have snow, we have rain, we have fog, we have any sort of environmental uh, condition that's impacting the way you operate a motor vehicle, you need to make sure that you're reducing your speed accordingly. But the biggest challenge we have right now is officers cannot be everywhere all the time. The single biggest or easiest way that we will be able to deal with this issue is through cultural change. Drivers have to change their behavior because of the millions of people we have in the city and the untold number of cars that we have moving through the city. Collisions don't have to occur as long as you're following the rules and are aware of your surroundings. And uh, what's the average ticket cost? I would think that's a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. The, a lot of people, and I've heard it actually, oddly enough, I think we've had a conversation on this before. I've heard, had individuals say to me, 
that, well, you can't write a ticket because I'm not at least 15 kilometers per hour over the posted limit. Well, well, how could you even be thinking that? Because really, at one kilometer over the limit, we can write a ticket. Would we at one? Probably not. But the reality is fines are structured beginning at one kilometer over the limit till you reach 50 or higher over the posted limit. So the average ticket is hard to say, but I can tell you that I think as you drive down the road, whether you're on the expressway or even in the city, it's not hard to see it more than, let's say, 90% of vehicles traveling faster than they should when possible. Obviously, bumper-to-bumper uh, rush hour traffic, that's not likely. But if you're dealing with uh, maybe lunch right now, I'm looking at uh, Dundas, and I can see all the way down to uh, Victoria from uh, Jarvis. You know, it doesn't take much for a person to get above the posted 30 or 40 kilometer per hour speed limit in that distance. And pretty much any car on the road now, speedometers go up to 200, 220 kilometers per hour because each one of these vehicles are capable of extremely high speeds. Okay, and how long is this blitz going to last? Uh, this is running for the next uh, two weeks. Uh, we'll finish on April 1st, so Sunday, April 1st. And uh, I just want to point out that we will be looking at a couple different things. So parking, op- parking enforcement officers will be in school zones. Uh, where necessary, we'll be tagging and towing vehicles uh, if they should have uh, any reason to. We only have uh, less than a minute left. Yep. Yeah. And uh, really, we're using variable messaging sign, hybrid messaging signs, as well as social media to get the message out. If the public listens, then we can save lives. Okay. Thank you for that, Constable right. Clint Stibby. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Thanks. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.